0: Right, welcome to another episode of 21 Going On 77. What's up, y'all? I am the old man of the crew. I am Dwight at 517-2214. Joined again by my co-host, Brains of the Operation, Young SJ at SJBasketball8. We're about to hit y'all with another content, uh, another content, another episode um, for this week. Um, in the NBA and Mavs world as a whole. So, uh, S.J., how you
1: feeling? I'm feeling great. Um, got a lot to do, but, you know, staying busy.
0: I feel you. I feel you. I'm in the same boat. I'm uh, I'm technically about to be in a meeting for work here while we record this, but, hey, work from home life, work from home life. <laughs> so, um, Let's get into it, cut straight to the chase, Uh, NBA Media Day, you know, we got some vaccine talk, we got some Ben Simmons talk, we got some uh, Mavs (laughs) starting lineup potential, how are we using tall man talk, just taking in everything that has been said publicly from, you know, I guess we'll start with the NBA as a whole. What, what what stood out to you what was interesting what um what was like kind of like hmm made you raise your, your eyebrow
1: well I guess I should start off by saying I guess I mean I guess we don't get too you know political on this um podcast because it's a like basketball <laughs> podcast but there is some intersection um. Depending on what we're talking about, and I guess the you know huge topic of Media Day was you know the vaccine, given that there are certain states that have mandates that will directly affect players being able to play in you know home games. So, like New York, where I am, um, so Nets and Knicks players they have to be vaccinated or they can't um, play in home games, and I believe for New York. If you're not vaccinated, if the opponents are, I actually yeah, I'm not gonna say that. I don't know if it's right, <laughs> but um San Fr- um California, San Francisco um specifically, another state that um has a vaccine mandate that you need to be vaccinated to play. And because of that, a lot of questions about the vaccine came up for certain players. So we you know Kyrie, he was a dude. He's a you know really interesting dude, and he was one of the guys that. Stated that it's a, you know, it's personal and they don't want to discuss it. And to me, I don't agree with the notion that it's a personal choice. Like, yes, it's your body. It's, you know, the player's body. So ultimately they are deciding um, whether or not they want to get something, you know, injected into their body. They have that right. However, Having that right doesn't mean you're free, you know, having that free will to do it doesn't mean that you're free from consequences. So yes, you cannot get the vaccine. However, if you don't get it, you may not be able to, you know, play um in certain games. And as a result, you might not get your money. And you know, Wiggins, he was another one that was um, you know, didn't want to take the vaccine. And he mentioned feeling like his back was against the wall. And, you know, he was saying stuff like that. And I'm like, it's not a war. <laughs> you make it sound like it's such a war. Like, And I, I just think that you have your free will fine, but you're not free from consequences. And I don't think it's as personal as the players have. Even the players that are vaccinated, they are on the stance that, hey, this is a personal decision. I think it's a matter of public health. And a lot of people like have pointed out that the guys that get the vaccine, you hear their reasoning behind it. And a lot of it is thinking about others. So it's like thinking about, you know, your family. I'm thinking about not, you know, putting my family at risk, my friends, my loved ones, etc. And the people that are, you know, don't want to take the vaccine. They're more, it's more of me, me, me. Like, oh, I don't want to, you know, take the vaccine because it's my body, my choice. I did. You know, it's a lot of I and not thinking about the public as a whole, so I don't think it's as personal as um, it's being made out. To you know, it's be making seem me, um people are making it seem, but you know, hey, at the end of the day, it is what it is, and do what you want, but also understand that there there are consequences associated with that. So that's that's my piece on it. I don't want to say too much about you know the vaccine and whatnot. But, yeah, what do you think about, I guess, the vaccine and the player's stances? Um,
0: like, yeah, to kind of re- reiterate what you said, I, I kind of purposely try not to get too political on this because this is basketball. Um, people that listen to this stuff typically try to, you know, it's an escape. I know for yeah. me, the Mavs and basketball talk is usually an escape from the quote unquote real world, but I don't know, man. I just feel like my, my issue, like I'll, I'll say it, I, I let the government hit me in the arm twice. Like I got the vaccine. <laughs> I was yeah. one of the first, like literally as soon as I could get it, I got it and not to get too political, but I just look at where the vaccine, when it first became available to the public. I look at who it was given to, I look at what tax bracket those people are in, and I look at what demographic they belong to, and in the history of this country, in the history of Western society, there's never been nothing that the rich and wealthy have went out of their way to get first and hoard from the peasants that has ended up being a negative. So when I see that, I say, damn, that's probably something I should get if they're all getting it, Right. Um, Not even to get into the science. I just know that's typically the way it works. And then you look at around the world globally. Yeah, man, if they really, you know, not to get too conspiracy theorists, if they was trying to depopulate the world, and things of that nature, they'd be airdropping that damn vaccine to Africa, and all the other poor countries left and right.
1: Exactly.
0: You know what I'm saying? There wouldn't be... If you look at in this country, the people who are vaccinated, it's typically like wealthier, more educated people. Like them people don't show me something that has ever been rolled out to that group that has ended up being a negative. Any resource, anything like and if you if anyone jumps in my DMs, like I went to Eastern Michigan, but I do got a degree in history. And that's kind of the way I viewed this is even if you go back to like the, you know, sources if you go back to like newspaper articles and opinion pieces when any vaccine in the history of this country is rolled out there's always been that group of people that didn't trust it and it's just like people saying well even if you look at like how polio like polio is the one that gets brought up like dog i don't know if anybody really dug into it but they basically did some trials and the test run is they just injected that shit in three million children and just said let's figure it out Like, that's how we got rid of polio. Like, and this was 100 years ago. You know what I mean? That shit could have killed them kids for anyone knew. So I just, I just look at, I understand, like, I have a, I'll give you an example. I have a buddy that doesn't use fluoride toothpaste. Buddy don't wear deodorant. I'm going to keep it tall, with you? Like, (laughs) he is a vegetarian. He is of the earth straight up. I get why he's not getting the vaccine. I get it. Even if I disagree, I can somewhat understand um, why, based on his viewpoint and the way he lives his life, all the time before this even took place, why he's not getting it. Even if I disagree, I understand. But it's just too many people that put wild shit in a body that, frankly, has a lot less research that probably can't kill you. That has a higher, you know. I know this is a quote-unquote new vaccine, but like, all this shit, dudes, especially Kyrie, with them damn veneers in his mouth. Uh, it's like, bro, you really? You think that fake-ass shit in your mouth is, like, long-term healthy in comparison so to- So they have back? to
1: shave your teeth to yeah, put yeah. in?
0: No, I, even the, the chemical that, like, they use for that shit. There's
1: no- We
0: ain't been doing veneers for hundreds of years, bro. Cut it out. That's all I got to say is just cut it out. Just cut it the fuck out, and. If they wanted to kill us or depopulate us or program us, there's a hell of a lot more efficient, more cost-effective ways. Just between drugs, which they have proven they have done, between yeah. um, putting Drones. shit. Putting <laughs> shit. Well, no, I'm just saying, even if you wanted to do it covertly, between putting yeah. shit in our food, putting shit in the water supply, it's just, it'd be a hell of a lot cheaper than the, this pandemic. That is literally impacting the world, the entire yeah. planet. Like, come on, man. Come on. That's my two cents on it. I don't, I hate that we even had to do it. Yeah. On that, but if it people don't want to listen, like, oh, well, it's such as life. You're going to get my authentic opinion. You're going to get SJ's authentic opinion. And if this ain't for you, this ain't for you. Yeah. So, um, I
1: want to transition. I mean, it's just, there's no smooth transition here. No but way. um <laughs> yeah, I wanna talk about, um, I mean, I've seen quotes from not every team, but I would say the majority of the team. You know, it's typical media day stuff where you know every fan base is getting excited because everyone's saying kind of what you want to hear. Like you're seeing, you know, your favorite player is probably in you know different shapes. You know, I know some guys bulked up, you know, some guys swim down, etc. So you know it was the typical media day I would say. However, um, something I, w- I wouldn't say this is atypical. I mean, we kind of saw a version of this last year, albeit it wasn't as messy. But um, Ben Simmons, you know, he has been holding out. He has not um reported for training camp. He is in California, um, and yeah, it's a standoff right now still with him and the Sixers. I feel like we've been, you know, we've been talking about this for the entire you know, off season, because it's been the dominant storyline. However, um, to me, it's getting real. Now it's getting real. Shams just reported maybe 20 minutes ago before we started um, that the Sixers are not paying Ben. Today was supposed to be the day where he gets like, I guess, 25% of the salary. So like 8.25 million. And the Sixers are not paying him (laughs) that money because he has not reported, which they have every right to do so and Ben is you know aware and he's fine with it. So um to me I'm like that's quite interesting because I mean it's just 8 million right now. I say just 8 million. But um <laughs> in their world in their tax bracket it's 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 just 8 million right now. So to me we will see how serious Ben is and how serious the Sixers are because it's an interesting situation when you look at everything because Ben can you know talk his game him and Rich you know Rich Paul they can talk all they want about holding out but when the check stops clearing you know things get real so it's eight million dollars today and then you know in a couple weeks it's going to be an next eight million you know etc et however you know much they get paid but it's it's that's a lot of money and we will see if Ben is really serious about you know not returning to Philly you know on the Sixers side of things um I mean, they're not. I mean, Embiid has said it. Um, people in the org have said it. They're not a better team without Ben Simmons, especially when you're not getting anything in return. So right now, you're not filling any. Like if Simmons were to really stick to his word and sit out, you're not filling that hole. Simmons is a great floor raiser in the regular season. The issue with Simmons is, is that he's not a ceiling raiser. So in the playoffs, when you need more ceiling raisers and you need him to be a ceiling raiser, that's where the issue is. But during the regular season, he he's an all star. He's an all star caliber player during the regular season. And if you're taking away an all star and not replacing that with anything, you're hoping for what internal improvement from what Maxi? <laughs> you know, uh, a backcourt of Seth Curry, and Tyrese Maxi. I'm sorry, that's not moving. <laughs> I'm sure that's not moving anyone in the Sixers organization so it's really a um it's it's an interesting game and a game of hardball one that we haven't seen you know play out this seriously in a while because like I said last year it was Harden but he reported for training camp and even though it was messy in the locker room he still played you know and Simmons he by all the reports he's not trying to play at all so I just think that's a real interesting situation and I just want to see who will cave first. My guess right now, I mean, it, it, it it's fluid, but I predict that the Sixers will cave first. What do you think? Yeah,
0: I i think they're going to fold because Embiid's, uh, you know, he's kind of a, a ticking time bomb. You know, like mm-hmm. You, he's you can't waste seasons messing around with this. you can't waste this season because you're trying to extract maximum value for for Ben Simmons like it's just not going to work like that. You have to it's, this is I hate to say it this way, but this is a business and Ben Simmons is the asset and he's volatile and I don't think his value is going to go up. So at some point, you got to swallow your pride and just cut bait. And he's
1: mm-hmm.
0: talking all this trash about, I know, well, Daryl Morey doesn't care about making people uncomfortable. And that's Daryl Morey ain't one shit to where he should be able to lean into that strategy. This is a man with no championships. I don't even think none of his teams have even a, a bit, appeared in the finals, right? And it's like, he's had good players. Like, uh, it's one of these situations where because he is as an analytics guy, and he's able to been able to cobble, cobble together rosters that have won a lot in the regular season. I almost feel like people, like the goals won a championship, unless I missed it. So I don't know why he gets gets away with with being the type of GM that he is. So you just need to cut bait and get the best deal that's on the table for him right now, and quit playing. Like, I, I mean. And the truth of the matter is, like, dude, the Sixers are still, I think, would be decent. And I almost feel like, let's say, Maxie or uh, uh, Halliburton. Not Halliburton. uh, Shake. Yeah, like, let's say anybody they have on the roster comes in and, and, like, they start the season off going well without Ben. To me, that, like, almost lowers your negotiating power because it's like, I mean, it will lower Ben's ability to be able to to, to hold out, but cool. I don't think a team is looking around leading like shit. Y'all good anyway. you're about to empty the war chest for Ben Simmons, and he's proven not even to be that integral to you guys' success. So they just need to cut bait. They need to suck it up and move them for whatever is the best available package and, and keep it pushing. And, like Ben Simmons has made a whole lot of money. I have no idea how he manages his money, but he's made so much money. Like, this ain't the NFL where yeah. you, you got signing bonuses you would have to pay back and this that, and the third. Like, bro, he's been collecting. I think he's made any I believe he's, but I believe he's received like 70, 80 million dollars
1: already. Yeah. I mean, he has endorsements too. He's yeah. still getting Nike checks. Like, he'll be flying yeah. and. As I'm looking, because more um more is being reported at the moment on the situation. Um, Ramona Shelburne, she just said that source close to him said we're in it for the long haul, so yeah. they are fine. And Mark Stein, he's reporting that Simmons' camp is still you know positive that they'll make that money back when um he gets traded or some other you know resolution. So they are like for right now, everything that's been said, Simmons is. Dead ass, <laughs> he is dead ass. So um, we'll see how that plays out. I I like the drama when it doesn't involve my Mavs. so right, right. This this has been a, a great to see play out. Um, so I mean, speaking of the Mavs, we can get into their media day. Um, into more detail since you know obviously we're Mavs fans, but um, the media day was interesting for the simple fact that. My, the honeymoon phase, I had mentioned it in the previous pod, it it, it was starting to wear off, but it's, I think it's completely gone now, and (laughs) reality has set in, and I'm not, I will preface, I will put a disclaimer, I am not saying the house is burning down, I'm not, I'm not saying it, we're in September, or, I mean, October just started, yes, so where we have about 28 days-ish, till the season starts. So, I'm not saying the house is burning down. I'm not saying we're going to be, you know, a horrible team. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just talking about what was said from me today and how I interpreted it. Okay. So, now that that's out the way, yeah, reality kind of set in for me and my fears about what they would do under kid is kind of coming true so i'll explain what i mean by that so earlier in the off season like maybe like two weeks after free agency opened up and it was clear that the Mavs like were done i was think i was thinking and thinking about like the roster construction and i mean i know I, I had been ranting about it by myself on the timeline and i get that you know maybe majority of Mavs fans they weren't there yet thinking about roster construction but i was And I was ranting for weeks, like, to myself, um, saying that I just don't like how they were constructed. And I think I might have mentioned it on the pod as well. Like, I I just didn't like, like, not that I don't like the guys on the roster, it's just that the team, I don't like how it was built. And I tweeted, and I don't usually do this, but on August 14th, (laughs) I tweeted that the roster is is weird and that Porzingis might have to start at power forward and I kind of got away from thinking about that because I'm like there's no way they'll do that anyway like he he'll probably still start at center anyway even though we have no real power forward other than Maxi so Porzingis probably should start at power forward and fast forward to media day where Jason Kidd the coach said um that Porzingis was starting <laughs> at power forward and obviously that was you know a bit controversial because Porzingis has been playing center on the for it. I mean granted he he alternated this past season but that was more so due to the fact that we had like COVID issues so he had to come back starting at the power forward then he moved to center and then he ended the season playing power forward because he was like in and out the lineup so that was I attributed the reason to him mixing it up this season 2 those reasons but he he has mostly played, played center for us and at this point in his career there's been there's been you know back and forth about what position is posing this and I've said it he's a he's a tweener he is a tweener that is more of a center in today's game but he is a tweener so with all that being said they – Announced that the starting center next to Porzingis will be Dwight Powell, and that is where <laughs> th- my real issues come in. Because I I got over them starting Porzingis at the four because I again I predicted this. <laughs> I I hate being right sometimes, but I I kind of figured this was going to you know have to happen, so that's fine. But Dwight Powell, <laughs> I okay. So me and Dwight we have a you know real interesting relationship. And uh, I was accused. I, I agree. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I was accused of being a Dwight Stan a couple months ago because I was defending him over people saying that Moses Brown was better. But that's a different conversation. But in fact, I should let everyone know I am not really a Dwight Powell stan, Um and I don't think he should be starting next to Porzingis for a whole host of reasons. Um, one defense I think that's the biggest reason Kid has preached um you know since he's been you know in front of the media that he wants the Mavs to start playing some defense and to me your decision to start Dwight Powell next to Porzingis that is just contradicting to what you're saying because you look in the past and I know this is a new season but still um those lineups were horrible defensively like offensively they're fine and I'll speak more to the offense in a minute but defensively that's not a good lineup Dwight Powell cannot defend anything in the middle he, he just can't he's a he's a four on defense really and a five on offense he cannot defend anything in the middle so he cannot be your anchor and if you want poor Zingas to go back to I guess weak weak side shot blocking you better hope he's mobile and he got that mobility because he's going to have to rotate. <laughs> he's going to have to be sharp on his rotations if that's his role. And I, I, he, Porzingis, especially in the West, they start a lot of wings at the four. You can call them power wings um, at the four. Um, Porzingis can't guard any of them. <laughs> he just can't. He can't stay in front of any of them. So I am weary of that. And to the offense, it's also contradicting to me because, they mentioned playing Porzingis at the post more and in the mid-range area and even at the five I'd still be wary of that because Porzingis is not good at post-ups like I I just think there's a lot of revisionist history going on and it's driving me nuts because we act like in the past when people said like you know people said you know Chuck and Shaq it would be like, "Oh, Porzingis needs to play in the post. Like he needs to get his you know seven foot three <laughs> big behind and go in the post." And we have defended him saying he's not good at post up, so they make him do things more that he's more good at, right? And now people are kind of celebrating. Kids saying, "Oh, he's gonna play in the post." So what 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 what's changing? Like, do we think that in one you know his first healthy off season, do we think that? He's just going to magically become a great post player. Like, to me, that's not making sense. (laughs) Like, I don't think in one offseason he's going to be this crazy great post player that can just abuse mismatches. I don't think it works like that. Unless, I mean, I would hope to be wrong that he just used this offseason to become an excellent post player, but I just don't see it. So to me, force I won't say it's forcing him, but like kind of just, you know, Focusing on that, I don't know how that's going to work, and especially if you're doing it with him at the four, Dwight Powell does not space the four. So how are you going to rely on Luca, KT pick and rolls with Powell on the court? You know what I'm saying? Like it's 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 the offense just doesn't seem like it's going to be efficient to me. And granted, Luca, you know, is great. He's an offensive guru. So the off- offense is never really going to be the issue, but In those lineups with Powell, Porzingis is a floor spacer. And if you want to move away from Porzingis being a floor spacer, why are you starting a non floor spacing big next to him? Someone's going to have to space the floor if you want the offense to be efficient. Someone's going to have to do it. (laughs) And it's going, I mean, it can't be Powell because he can't do it. Porzingis can, but he doesn't like to do it. So it's, uh, you know, to me, it's just, Everything is just so, con- everything is contradicting each other. Like, everything kid says and what he says he's going to do is just contradictory. So, I don't know how the offense is going to look. I'm more, I was nervous before, but I'm more nervous now after hearing the quotes. But granted, like I said, I'm not a coach. I'm not implying that I know more than Jason Kidd. <laughs> I'm not implying any of that. I'm just saying, like, with what I know from basketball and what I've seen that I don't I'm not sure how their, what they want to do is going to um, align with what they're planning to do. That's, that's all I'm saying. That was a lot, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I'm no, sorry.
0: no, no, you good. You good. I love a good. a good take. It, it made sense. Um, I believe it was seven days ago today maybe 14 days ago i forget which pod where i was like hey man i'm optimistic uh sj i think you should be optimistic i think we're gonna be the fourth third or fourth seat mm, um, okay.
1: based on me Dede, you you no did no no no
0: no no that's what i think i, I said oh, this okay. in a previous on um, previous episode that's, oh, how okay. I, that's how i felt because i'm just like man i do think kp is going to be healthy uh, I do. I think, like I said, I think this is going to be the best year in his career. Um, I do. I still stand on that. And I just think, Luca, you can see his jawline. And it's like, oh, that's a wrap. He, you know, he coming to give these boys work, right? So I, I just feel like, well, I felt like we were going to be, you know, really, really good. I still think there's a decent chance, but got to keep it tall with you. I I don't like anything I've heard from Jason Gidd from from a basketball standpoint in the year of our Lord, 2021. Um, I I feel like what KP was in New York, I feel like I I get why fans would harken back to that because I don't think a lot of Mavs fans actually were watching him in New York. They weren't. they, I, I, you know what <laughs> they I'm saying? I think they were basketball referencing and highlight watching K, KP in New York. But what KP, like, and I'm just going to say it KP in his first full year with the Mavs is the best basketball player he had ever been. And I'd say um, before the bubble, where he, to me, his slippage defensively started in the bubble. But he still mm-hmm. was, de- even then, he was still decent. He's seven four. He's not supposed to be able to, you know, hold up in space against Dame Lillard. That's yeah. that's that's just, you know, we're, we're asking a lot. But to hear the coach of my my basketball team say we want him to be New York KP, it's like, wait a minute, you are supposed to know better. We fans, <laughs> we're lay people. And it's just, man, I don't know. I don't feel good about it at all. Now, it could be because I can see, because Jason Kidd, say whatever you want about him. He's like kind of a psychological based on good and bad from what we've heard about his coaching paths This could all be just getting KP on board with him. And then when they actually play the games, they do a little bit of that, but not nearly as much as we think. I, I hope, I pray, because we have mm-hmm. too many smart people in our organization however you feel about Mark Cuban and the crew, them boys are not about to just throw it to KP on the block and say, good luck. I just don't see that happening. I don't see Luca being cool with that. I don't see, because I don't think it's going to be effective. With all that being said, how we think of a traditional post-up, like, you know, Dirk used to be posting people up from, like, damn near the top of the key. Yeah. Um, like, just getting kp the ball in the mid-range and he just steps in and shoots he wasn't good at that last year because there was i think there was some hesitation with his knee he didn't want if anybody was could touch his knee or he could come down on anybody's foot or anything of that nature i just think he was tentative so if he's feeling better i'm because i personally KP's never just gonna be able to back you down and dunk on you, but the mother, the dude is seven four. So if you can throw him the ball on the elbows and he just rises up and shoots, I know that I, I can see that being an effective basketball play. Does that make sense? Like yeah. to where you don't really have to. It's not quote unquote creating offense. He's not breaking his man down off the dribble, but dude, he's seven four. You get it to him and he's not double teamed He can raise up and get a clean look at the basket. So, I'm cool with that. That's how I'm hoping his, with, uh, you know, this there's no video, but I'm holding up quotation marks post ups. I hope it looks like that more so than like him more trying more
1: face ups. That's what yeah that's what yeah, mean, yeah like, a, 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 okay. ex-
0: exactly to where even if he gets the ball with his back to his man, he turns around and faces him up. Stuff like that.
1: Like I don't But see, that's where footwork comes in. KP had doesn't have great footwork. So if he tightens his footwork, I think that should be easier for him to do.
0: Right, right. And and my thing is even if his footwork is still the mid-pack it is, like, hey bro, just raise up and shoot it. Like there was little, little sprinkles of it in the Clipper series when he did it. And it was like it was such it was rare. And I don't have any this is all my, my memory and emotions, but I remember thinking like, hey, dog, just do that. Like, that's probably better than Luka dribbling against a team full of good defenders, as great as he is. That's probably a better option than anything else anybody else is doing, even if it's not super-duper efficient. Like, just let's just do that a few times. Stop trying to cross over Kawhi Leonard, like, and or back him down. You're not stronger than him, and he's just shoot in his face. Try that. And I I would almost like to see that more than, I'm hoping that's what their vision of post-ups are, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm somewhat, I know statistically the KP being the only big on the floor lineups, they were really good offensively, but they're like, I think we gave up like 130 points per 100 possessions defensively like those were a horrible net negative um, lineup last year. Um, So I hope we, we can say we don't want KP at the four but if he's the only big, the offense is going to be good and the defense is going to be bad. That's
1: But, but see, that, that was the case as well with Powell next to him. The offense was good, but I think they gave up like 126 per 100 possession. So that's just a four-point difference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. if if they were really serious, to me, Willie Collie stein he's the answer Dude, at the five
0: hey, hey, for
1: defensive purposes.
0: When I was fighting for my life last year uh, during the season, I have not looked at the numbers, but I feel pretty confident. I haven't looked at the numbers in months. But Willie next to KP was like a legit statistical lineup. No, Full it stop. was. Full stop. Willie... Full stop.
1: Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I think Willie, his advanced numbers were the best on the team because of the defense. Like, yeah. obviously, you know, he's pretty much a zero on offense, but him, his defense, his, his defense now, nah, yeah, his lineups were always like,
0: pretty good yeah Willie Willie can move his feet and it's like you remember when um after COVID and we kept losing and we'd be we were all pissed off at Rick because Rick wasn't playing Willie I could be wrong once again because I'm getting old and, you know we've had a lot happen since the that part of the season but I almost feel like once Willie got inserted into the starting lineup like we broke that losing streak
1: we and, did that's what happened yeah. it was william maxi they put william maxi in and moved tim to the bench yeah um and we started winning <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> right yeah and i and i feel like you know because willie was so bad at finishing as fans we we lose sight they're like willie can move his feet surprisingly well he can exactly. guard
1: a pick and roll exactly
0: exactly and If you got Willie playing the four defensively, it's not optimal, but I actually think he's a lot better at it than most of us imagine. And, I mean, I just don't know why he inserted Dwight into that because Dwight at his athletic prime is just a bad defender. He doesn't know how to play defense. So I don't know. I don't – I just – you know, he he started to move his feet a little bit better as the season progressed. But I mean he went like on a scale from one to ten, he went from like a two to like a three point five. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah, it wasn't like revolutionary or anything like that. Yes. so. So
1: here's the truth about Dwight's defense, Dwight Powell's defense. Yeah. He he is a definitely a four on defense because in his case he's better at and when I say better, I'm not saying he's locking up. So I'm using these terms loosely, but he is um, he's better at guarding the perimeter than he is the paint. Yeah. So if, if you have him in the paint, that's a bucket. Like He's not stopping oh, yeah. anything. He's not stopping anything. It doesn't matter if you're a guard, forward, big. He's not stopping anybody in the paint. On the perimeter, he's not bad. He can move his feet a little bit. He's not bad. So which is why when Porzingis was out and Dwight would start, we could run more aggressive schemes because – Powell can you know he's not bad in space he's not bad in space so I get it if they were trying like I was trying to make a case for it for the playoffs before the playoffs I made a whole thread that got abandoned quickly (laughs) because the defense it didn't work but I made a whole thread of how it could work how um you play Powell, you know, the five on offense, Porzingis plays the four on offense, but then you flip it for defense where Porzingis is playing the five and Powell's playing the four. And I, in my head, it, it's, it seemed ideal and it seemed like Kid and the coaching staff, they're thinking about it that way too. But we, ha- it's not like there's no data on the line. Actually, they've never played together. We have the data. It, they, it doesn't work on defense. It does not work on defense. And we talked about the offensive fit as well and how it contradicts what they're saying so I mean I I just don't know what they're doing (laughs) like I'm I think a problem with the or bigs a lot of them have more value as weak side or like you know help side defenders rather than straight up defenders in the paint so people were like suggesting when I said um Willie Khali Stein should start I made a tweet saying that he should start some people were saying oh not Maxi and with Maxi, to me, Maxi's not a, you know, people could say, oh, he could, you know, play the four to five. Maxi could play the five in a, you know, small lineup, but Maxi's really a stretch four. You know, he's a stretch four, not really a five in my eyes, because he's, his, I wouldn't say his main value, but his strength as a defender to me is weak side, or at least it used to be. I'm not sure how, his Achilles can hold up for this season, but he, it used to be weak side shot blocking. Same with Porzingis. In New York, if you look at what he was best at on defense, it was help side defense. <laughs> and Willie could probably make a case, you know, and say the same for Willie, even though he's a bit more diverse. So with that being said, we have no bigs that could really hold down the paint. People keep telling me about, about Moses Brown. I'm not even going to... Get into that, (laughs) that's how much I think is crazy. I had someone really arguing to me that Moses should start, so I'm not even gonna get into that. But Moses cannot guard anything to paint, so
0: it'll work on 2K
1: exactly. I said on 2K, of course, Moses is a monster on 2K. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's I don't even think it'd be good offensively.
1: It won't be like it just no. Moses is a bench player at this point in his career, and people are saying on OKC he he started at OKC was one and (laughs) twenty-seven. He was one and twenty-seven, like the worst. The
0: the definition of looting and a riot.
1: Yeah, they had one of the worst net ratings of all time. (laughs) So please don't tell me anything about his OKC tenure. I don't want to hear. it. We're talking about winning teams here. So um, yeah, I think I mean I. I feel like we should also um, kind of explain to the audience what we mean or why we say that KP's New York tenure wasn't as good as people remember it to be. <laughs> and so I feel like, um, you know, him being an all-star that year, you know, 22 points, all of that, that sounds great. But if you really dig in to, like, not only the efficiency, because, you know, Porzingis was never efficient you know in any of his years in New York and he his only efficient year really was last year um or last season so can't really I'm not gonna really press up too much on the efficiency but it's how he was getting the shots like Porzingis is a well was is I think he still is he's a volume scorer so he's gonna need a lot of touches he's gonna need to put up a lot of shots you know to get his points and uh, a mutual that I have he pointed out he um he's a fan of the Knicks and it, it's true I've seen it like Porzingis he starts off the season and he's like unconscious for, you know from like the mid-range like you he, he he's not going to miss and then after that that's when the efficiency starts to sink in. and that was the same for his um all-star year like uh, granted he got injured you know around what what was it like February beginning of February but he was unconscious I remember that season I was watching him that season um you know I live in New York so the Knicks games are always on TV so I was watching him and he was it tracked first month first couple months he was he just would not miss a shot (laughs) like from mid-range in his face all that he would not miss and then after that he kind of slowed down so um that's kind of what we mean by the only New York KP that he needs to get back to is his defense, where he could move his feet <laughs> and not, you know, be a traffic con. So that's, that's what we mean by um, New York KP not being as great as people remember.
0: What, uh, and just to, I guess, emphasize what you were saying, like, I'm not exaggerating, the season KP was an all-star, he may have been the best player in the NBA for like the first month of that season. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, I'm not exaggerating at all. Like, Buddy was giving you uh, extraordinarily efficient production, playing good defense, like, just being amazing. And then he cooled remember, off. Mm-hmm. And then he cooled off dramatically. And it, it, it was always hot and cold mixed in with bouts of getting injured like he's never just he's never just played a full season and when i say full season like i i feel like when kp like no nba player outside of Jokic is really playing every single game like my expectations for for kp because he's a big like i just want 65 games of consistency like I don't want one game where you score 10 points I don't want one game where you go 30 and 10 we, we need consistency and he's never done that he's been one night he gonna give you 35 and 10 and make all those damn 30 footers the next night that shit gonna be broke and um, he, he he needs a go-to he needs a go-to shot he doesn't have like what's KP's bag outside of being tall and having the balls to shoot from far. You know, like, and that's what I want to see. And I think just knowing the rules of basketball and playing basketball, like, hey, bro, you got to get better from the mid-range because that shot's going to always be there. You know, you're 7'4". You get an entry pass, face up and pull. And that, that can be an efficient shot for him if he works on it, like you said, improve his footwork, a little step in. And, you know, I I think if he gets better at that, gets more efficient at that, the problem is that goes against the way basketball is played in 2021. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So this is where, like, having someone like Jason Kidd actually might help because I think for KP to be viable, he has to get better at that. He can't just – he can't be threes and dunks, even though the data might say that's what he's supposed to be. He can't be that – so, I don't know, man. We'll see. I- I'll be candid. I don't know if Jason Kidd is the guy to, to get him to that bridge. But, hell, who knows? He just might be healthy and just it happens because he's healthy. But it, the one thing I feel like gets lost in all this minutiae whenever people pack up Tall Man, the reason why I am okay with calling him Tall Man is like, hey, dog. He could be extraordinarily efficient offensively. He can give us 25 and 10 on well, 50, 40, 90 splits. If he plays defense the way he did defense, none of this shit matters. We still get packed mm-hmm. up. We still getting packed up. Like, we might, we'll probably go on this, we'll probably make the second round. But is that the goal? You know, it'd be fun. It'd be fun as hell to watch though. It's just, yeah. if the goal is to win a championship, it's defensively and like you said Mm -hmm. new york kp defensively is what we need and that's that's it i almost feel like if kp was and i know this is gonna sound crazy even if kp was exactly what he was offensively in the playoffs but got back to new york kp playing defense we still win like his,
1: well we win easily. Yeah, we, win we still easily. win.
0: Like so much. <laughs> we win of, in five. I yeah. swear
1: we win in five.
0: Yeah, so much. And you can tell because KP is KP. Like he 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 thinks he has a bag. For right and wrong, that man thinks he has a bag. He thinks he should be getting bag shots. Y'all, the hell, the most listened to episode I think we have is when I lost my shit while I looked up his shot attempts live while we were, were recording. Because like, you know, just to if someone didn't listen to that, pretty much the only players that shoot more shots than KP are flat out first, all NBA level talents, full stop, mm-hmm. all NBA, like basically, I think he was like 20th or something in the yeah. NBA in shots per game. And everybody above him was on the goddamn all NBA team. So it's <laughs> like, if Buddy want more shots than that, it's like, oh, wow where's this really going? So he knows he he believes he should get that. I think they're gonna actually give him that amount of shots. But my thing is that I feel gets lost in this conversation with KP, his fans, is even if all even if he's making them officially, but he gotta play defense. He has mm-hmm. to play defense. It can't even be Reggie Bullock, it can't even be Luca, it can't be Dorian Finney Smith he has to do it because if he's a big playing defense as bad as he, he did, you can put anybody around him outside of maybe... I can't even, like in my brain, I can't even figure out if KP was as bad of a defender as he was in the, basically all of last year. What player that has ever played basketball would that work with? Like, I, I can't even – I don't even know if – because you need – because he couldn't – he wasn't protecting the rim, and he couldn't move his feet. So, you need uh, basically – a. I guess Draymond, maybe?
1: Yeah, you're – okay, so, yes. You, <laughs> I think you hit it, like, right on the head. Like, yeah, like, I've that's, that's saying, it. <laughs> yeah, you need a um, – and Jokic in um Denver, he has the same – it's the same issue with him, in my opinion. Like, we need a four, a versatile four that could really guard – next to those fives that really can't protect the rim or move their feet so and it's like Cody Zeller he in media day he had a great quote I, I thought it was a great quote he had one of my very quotes he said um for those of you that don't know my game he said I'm not a rim protector <laughs> he said you're not gonna see me block five shots a game but I'm gonna keep he said I can move my feet I'm pretty agile for big guy and I'm gonna keep guards out the paint that was so self-aware to me I like hearing players talk so you know candidly about what they can and can't do to me i like hearing that i really do like hearing that and that's so true
0: self-awareness so Uh, many players
1: awareness yeah exactly so to me that's 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 another part of it too even if you can't get your you know shot blocking back to you know elite levels keep guards out the paint (laughs) you know like keep guys shouldn't be walking by you (laughs) you know you're seven three they should not be walking by you when you're in the paint, they should not be scoring on you. That just should not happen. You know, contest, you know, your arms are long, stop jumping, <laughs> you know, just put your arms up and, you know, contest. So I think, um, yeah, I think you hit it on the head with, me. I mean, the maps don't have that. <laughs> you know, we don't have a, I mean, Maxi is probably the best, you know, fit of the bill. And that's why, um, those lineups, that five man lineup of Luca, Josh, um, Dorian, Maxi, and Porzingis did so well last year because Maxi was that, I mean, for parts of the season when he was okay, before the you know Achilles injury, he was fine, like, he could play that role. But, I mean, for what we have right now, that's just not going to happen. <laughs> so I'm not going to harp on that. Um, but on a more positive note, to kind of tie into what you're saying about Porzingis, I think uh, another thing that was getting preached at training camp, that should be beneficial for the guys um, going into the season this is their confidence. Like, a lot of what everyone was saying, you know, from Tim to Porzingis, to even Luca a little bit, Um, a lot of them were talk- talking about playing freely, you know, and, you know, the chemistry being better. And a lot of them mentioned that the chemistry was off last year. And I think at this point, we can see or we can kind of read between the lines and see what they're trying to say. It's Rick. <laughs> a lot of them weren't happy. It's, it's clear at this point that um, a lot of them, not just Luca, um, they weren't really happy with Rick and how he was really running the team. And, you know, I mean, we know that Rick has a short leash <laughs> on players. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs, like Brunson, he was, you know, having a rough time after game one and he did not get minutes. <laughs> like You know, in a game seven, Rick was playing Trey Burke over Brunson. That's how short his leash is, you know, even Powell he loves Powell, <laughs> loves Powell, and even Powell wasn't getting in it, so we you know Rick has a short leash, but um, kid, for the most part right now, he seems to, you know, be preaching this camaraderie, and, you know, we have to get along, and trying to instill confidence in the guys, and I think that can have some positive effects, especially for Porzingis, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of people point out that Porzingis' performance kind of coincides with how he's feeling personally, and his confidence. And I think there is some truth to that, you know? Like, when he feels like he's doing a good job, you can see his effort levels increasing. So, like, he'll start to play defense, (laughs) and he'll, you know, try to crash the offensive glass or something like that. So, if how to unleash Porzingis is to stroke his ego, get his confidence up, I'm fine with that, (laughs) you know, it is what it is, you know, different guys need different things, and if that's what he needs, that's fine, that's fine, because at the end of the day, they brought him in to be a second star, and in my head, they should, I know it's Lucas' team, but at the end of the day, they should also cater to playing this as well.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. noted, (laughs) he's my guy, but, you know, he noted kp hater slander Kurt henderson uh-huh. you know he brings it up all the time like the reason one of the reasons why he gets so angry at kp is like we say he can't play defense and then he'll get angry and play amazing defense for like a five minute spurt you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and like he's like dude I, i've seen it i know it exists i know it exists so when people start saying he was hurt or injured it's like hey bro i've I, you well, how did you do it in this burst right here? You know what Ooh. I mean. So, like I said, I'm I'm taking the over on KP being a productive player this year. I really am. Like I'm totally taking the over on that. I think he's gonna be good. Um, I know we packed up Mark Cuban or uh, about him bringing up Luka and KP on social media. But hey, man, them boys weren't doing it last year. <laughs> Them boys was not uh, addressing each other in any way, shape, form, or fashion on social media. And Lucas, 22. KP's, what, 26? You can speak to this better than I can, because I'm old. But like, you know, that's important for people in their life. You know, like, to me, that's why it was so petty. Um, Like, they didn't not... It's almost like Luca didn't acknowledge KP existed, unless asked about him for whatever reason and the fact he posts them up they showing each other love i i don't even care if they're best friends they ain't got to be best friends but like we joke about it kp was i'm mean kp luca was spamming wessel Wendell open in the corner wessel Wendell, a 14 percent career three-point shooter and KP's ass would be wide open at the top of the key and he would not mm-hmm. pass it to him <laughs> he just wouldn't it was hilarious it would, I, it, Luke is my guy he's my favorite player I love him he's the franchise but dog, he did used to not do that shit it was actually funny in retrospect and uh, that don't mean KP should be able to make the little sneak it, I don't even think it was sneak dissing I think it was pretty much overt dissing um that he did about Luca, but he, he wouldn't pass it into his ass at the top of the key at times. And I think that's going to be better. Uh, even if it works, not even the way it's supposed to work, I think it's going to be a lot more productive than usual. And, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really, really looking forward to I see how this season plays out. Cause it's just going to be really, really interesting. Um, how this all goes down, how they work it out. Um, I, I'm, I'm taking the over despite what Jason Kidd says because I just don't believe they're going to spam that over a whole season, especially if it's not working.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And I mean, I guess we can end with I guess predictions on who's getting cut because so far we have, what is it, 16 guaranteed contracts and as you know, um, excluding you know two-way spots you can only have 15 um in the season so um they're they've been posting everybody (laughs) pretty much you know Frank has gotten a lot of um love and all that so um my prediction is Trevor's gone (laughs) granted he's you know his name has been brought up for other things I mean we won't get into all that we kind of touched on that at the top of the show um about the vaccine and he's he's not vaccinated and by all accounts he's not taking it period so um he wouldn't able he wouldn't be able to play I don't think he would be able to play in like New York that's the thing yeah I believe he can like play against like the Warriors it's just that home. like if you're on the Warriors you can't play in the home games but New York I believe if you're the opponent you can't even play either So, um, granted, he's not playing, let me say he's not playing regardless, (laughs) even if this wasn't a thing, he wouldn't get minutes. Let's start there. But I think, I just think he's the easiest cut, you know, even outside of this, he was not good. He's, he's not good. He's 28, you know, or 29. I don't know how old he is, but he's, we know what he is. So he can go and Frank, Frank, we can see what you got. so i I hope they don't cut frank i mean i could see it i definitely could see a world where it where where they do cut him but i would think if they're cutting him he's really not showing anything you know like in, in training camp he's just and i would get that i don't think you should just hold on to a player you know based off potential especially when they've we've had three years of tape you know on them so if he's not showing anything in training camp and they gotta cut him then that would be unfortunate but a necessary decision
0: yeah, I uh, I think Trey Burke is, like, when I say he's out of there, I think he's been out of there. Like, this whole vaccine stuff, this ain't new to the team. The team is known. It's it's likely the team is known. And he don't play mm-hmm. anyway. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, I, I, whether Drogic was here or not, I always think that, I always thought, I should say, Trey Burke was the easiest cut. It's either going to be Trey Burke or Young Moses because we got a lot of bids mm-hmm. and Moses probably is going to be the odd man out. Shit, it might be and both of them.
1: Honestly, yeah, they didn't even want. I think people need to, like, I've been saying it, but I don't think fans realize that they didn't want Moses. They yeah. had to take him back. You know what exactly. I'm saying? So they're saying he's oozing with this much potential and his contract's cheap and all that. Yes, but why do you think he got signed to that contract? You know what I mean? I mean, OKC's been robbing some of them. Like, OKC did the same thing, Dort, but at the same time, Dort's situation, he was undrafted. Like, he wanted the guaranteed money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Moses is the same thing. they He was on a – I want to say he was on a two-way before – or not two-way, but non-guaranteed contract before they guaranteed it and then gave him the long-term deal. Yeah. So – but they – he was able to take it because he he understands that he's not he's not like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, he understands. So I wish fans would kind of lower the expectations on Moses. I really do because the if they cut him it's it's gonna be legendary <laughs> on the timeline. I will say that it, it will be legendary.
0: I think he's getting cut. I, I like I, I said could see that I could I, I could see I that would, I would almost guarantee it. Um because the thing is, people, I, I literally was reading a tweet while we've been recording this about how expensive it would be to cut him, and uh, I don't think so. Not really. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Not really. And the grant, like $6 million is a lot of money as regular people. Hell yeah, that's a fucking ton of money. I'm not going to hold you. But I mean, $3 million of dead money when you literally don't have any other dead money on the roster like that's nothing like that is truly nothing for a roster spot for a dude they won't, it's not really any good and won't get vaccinated so he's a, it'd be different if he was like a good player you figure out how to work around that vaccine shit but he, he's a walking viral time bomb you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like dog you gotta go and I, I don't you a liability at that point and not to once again, we touched on the political aspect of it at the top of the show, but like that's what folks don't understand. Like this ain't it's it's a personal choice, but it can dramatically impact other people. And mm-hmm. uh, not to bring it back up, but like dog, you get vaccinated, it lowers the likelihood of you spreading this shit. Full stop. It just does. All the data says it does. It's not impossible but dramatically lowers the likelihood and you can't have a dude that can spread it to folks on the roster and making dudes have to sit out. Even if it's for a game or two, it's like, come on, fam, you gotta, you gotta cut it out. You gotta cut it out. You ain't good enough to justify all this. So pack that man up, uh, get him out of town. You know, he can, he can enjoy his $6 million. He's had a good run in the league. He really has. Um, shoot, I think this is what, year seven, eight, maybe even nine. And I think eight.
1: it's year eight, like 10.
0: Yeah, so he came in with Tim, if I'm not mistaken. Tim, yeah. Yeah, so the way I see it, like, I know he was a highly drafted pick. He's made his money. I don't, I, <laughs> not to bring up our, my, my, almost, my oldest son, Dennis Smith Jr., but, like, he would trey burke was on his way to europe just like dennis is probably on his way to europe so that's where he's headed after this i don't think if the mavs cut trey burke i think his nba career is over i'd bet money on it actually i think he's oh, done yeah. i think he's done i think the big three or europe or china is in his future and it is what it is he's low key Trey Burke would be an excellent player in china
1: he can, oh, he! Oh my goodness! He'd, he'd be, be an great. excellent
0: player of time. They might build that man a statue. So, I think that's it. I think he's going. I predict he's going. And I also think I'm still going to keep my eye on like the Ben Simmons like tragic situation.
1: Because, yeah, we have an update on Ben Simmons too.
0: Oh, what happened um, now? What happened
1: now? Jake Jake Fisher. He, he's been you know he's been killing the game. Yeah, the so offseason started, and I at this point I definitely trust you know his sources. He has sources, it's <laughs> proven he has sources. So he says that, um, they're growing whispers, so he it's not you know confirmed or anything, but that Simmons could respond by actually reporting to Philly. However, he's telling he would tell the, the Sixers that he's injured, yeah. <laughs> so he'd report to get his money, but he's not playing because. He's I guess he's making up some injury. <laughs> um that to to kind of work around it. So we'll we'll see what happens with that.
0: Like, okay, this is my last little messy statement about Vince Evans, because dude, I'm a, I'm almost a 40-year-old man in like this is some straight love and hip hop drama <laughs> just on a on a basketball team. So that spiciness that Joe and B had for him. <laughs> Oh, oh man. that was great! Oh, I loved it. I loved gosh. it. Yeah, it yeah, was, I loved uh, it. It was, it was amazing. I loved every single bit of it. Um, it was. It. it I, I hate to admit it, like I literally was driving when it popped up on my phone, and I just looked at it and smiled because I'm like, I, I'm here for all of it because it's such an interesting dynamic to be. For that situation to transpire in real life. And it's I I, I make fun of people who like love and hip hop and drama and Wendy Williams type shows.
1: And well, I, I love, li- love and hip hop, so yeah, and, and, right, right, right. <laughs> my my,
0: yo, my wife does too. And she loves Wendy Williams. I'm like, man, that stuff is so messy that we need to leave it alone, that we need to uh not really pay attention to it to watch that we should. And um and here I am really excited about two grown ass men that are literally multi-millionaires that just can't get along at work. And I'm, and just the, the but it's, I like it because Joel B is so petty. Like he's, he's putting a putty on a platter and it's just like, you know what? Salute bro. You ain't even being politically correct at all. You is flat out calling yeah. it for what it
1: is. And yeah. I mean, he's it. been sneak dissing the whole, like the whole media, like, on. Um monday like the media day he had been sneak like the whole message out of philly was like oh yeah we want ben to come back and everyone was saying that but (laughs) Embiid was slick with his dissing that's one thing i could really say about Embiid. like he knows how to slick this like he knows how to be shady like he said oh i'm sure we've all seen the videos (laughs) of ben and his you know workouts during the summer he's like it'd be great if you could come do that here in a game And to me, that's shady. No way around it. That's shady. So, um, Bro,
0: bro, when he said, I don't know, man, you look around our team, our team has always been kind of built around his strengths. Sitting bar for bar with talking about, like, that's why we got rid of Jimmy so he can handle the ball. I'm like, hey, dog, that is an assassination. And it's the truth. It's the God-honest truth. truth. It's like, dog, if I'm Ben Simmons, you got to fight him. You got to fight him, bro. You got to pull up on him. You got to, y'all got to squat because he's ethering you with the truth. Even if it is true, you can't let him disrespect you like that.
1: And I will say they both have points. Like Embiid was right and Simmons had a point too. It's just that I think they were talking about two different things. (laughs) That's what I think. Embiid was talking about the team and how it was built around Simmons. Simmons seemed to be talking about just him and Embiid. He doesn't fit with Embiid. Just you know, he's talking yeah. about that pairing while Embiid was talking about the team. So they both have points. They're just talking about two different things. Yeah. But yeah, now nah, Embiid and empty the clip. Simmons, I, 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 I love it. I love it. I'll dude, leave that I love
0: it. Like it's funny because man, we've done every pod. We've done like a considerable amount of time on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And it is just because I like the spice. I do. I, I'm here for it. But the point that got us started on this rant about how spicy it is, is like, I think what Toronto does with Goran Dragic is going to depend on how the Ben Simmons situation resolves itself. so,
1: because there's
0: those rumors and that's real and OG and, and Goran and some draft picks is a Ben Simmons, it's Ben Simmons. The money works. And, or if you want to read, you know, you do Spicy P and Gordon Dragic and Ben Simmons and Seth Curry, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a Toronto doing business with Philly makes a lot of sense for both teams in my opinion. And that's why I think like, and frankly, you know, I flip-flopped on what's going to happen with Gordon Dragic so much. At this point, I don't know, but I don't he ain't getting bought out in the next, when the season starts, three weeks, yeah. and showing up to Dallas. That's off the table. That's why I think. Oh, yeah,
1: that's done.
0: Yeah, that's why I think Frank got the fully guaranteed bag. I think that probably was the plan. That probably was the word. I don't think Jake Fisher just made that up. And then maybe once they realize Ben Simmons was showing up, Toronto was like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and hold up on – we're going to go ahead and hold on to you, playboy, see how this works out. and then." Yeah,
1: unless- but here's the, here's the thing with that too. Um, how much of it is – because I, I think – the reason why I think Simmons – I get the whole Raptors sponsor, but the reason why I think Simmons is going to end up in, like, Minnesota is because, by all accounts, Simmons is not trying to change his position. You know what I'm saying? So, if Simmons, you know, you trade what? OG, like you said, OG, Drogic, all these guys. Simmons is probably not playing point guard. It probably still have Fred Van Vliet, you know, handle the ball, be the primary ball handler. And Simmons' team in camp, he wants the ball in his hands. You know, he still wants to be a primary ball handler. So, I think Minnesota's at this point, is the only team <laughs> that can, you know, grant that wish and that can – Give Philly a package that wouldn't be disgusting. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I think it might be Minnesota. I can see I,
0: at this point, this Ben Simmons situation
1: is so unprecedented. I had no idea. I think we predicted where he was going. I think we both predicted Minnesota eventually. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's nothing that would shock me. I'm just here for I hate to subscribe. I hate being messy. You know. I think grown men shouldn't be messy, but this shit's entertaining, bro. It's so entertaining, <laughs> and I'm so here for it. I really But all right. guess that's, unless you have anything else, I guess that's it for this episode. That's all I got. now that's it so see you guys next week
0: all right y'all we holler um once again thank y'all for listening to another episode usually repeat like our ads after this but man at this point if y'all listen to the story you'll probably If y'all listen to the end y'all probably listen to the the beginning so y'all know where we are y'all probably got this twitter so follow us um Thank y'all for listening to us, All Jokes Aside. Um, I don't know what it is. Every time we just kind of get on here and go off the top of the air, freestyle episodes, y'all seem to like those more than when we have like a structured episode with bullet point topics that we're going to talk about for a certain allotted amount of time. So we're going to kind of keep it this way. We're always going to have a general topic. It's always going to be the Mavs, of the NBA probably even put out like a survey or something. I saw I think uh Bibbs and Reese just recently did that. I think we need to do it. Because I can I keep going by listens and that could also be seasonal, right? But I have noticed even when the season is going on. when right? our stuff a editing or structured, I seem to like it more. And I appreciate it. To be honest, those are easier to make. Um I think in the space when people are just being their authentic selves and just people want to, I guess, listen to people that sound like they're friends to so just sound like it's having a conversation. And I think that's, that's what works. And I think that's what y'all want to hear. Real talk, SJ is my homie. Uh, I've never seen her. There's a pretty decent chance I never ever will see her in real life, but I consider her the homie. So
1: it's just two friends kicking it. And we appreciate y'all listening to us every week. so thank y'all again, and we will holler at y'all next week, peace